and welcome to the Modern Maker Podcast for Thursday, June 24th, 2021, otherwise known as National Handshake Day. That's something that uh, we haven't done much of this past year, but is handshaking Let's times go, back? Let's go, Take the mask off, shake some hands. Open it up. At and your own discretion. Great- Let's go. <laughs> At your own discretion. <laughs> well, you know what's funny is like... They kind of found out that it wasn't really transferring on surfaces anyway. So all That's that true. elbow bumping and stuff like that, other than as a general, it's funny. The elbow bump was probably actually worse than the handshake you got because your head it made closer. you get closer. Yeah. Whereas a real Ooh. extended handshake might have been able, like if you got long arms, you can keep that six feet. But yeah, Mike, you're more of a high five guy than a than a handshake, correct? <laughs> Man, it just depends. I always introduce with a solid handshake. I also judge people on their introduction handshake. And from there, I'm a high five and hug kind of guy. I hug them and high five them when I meet them after that. Usually, yeah. (laughs) Mm, Very nice. What are you guys working on? It's been a minute. It's been a couple weeks, right? What have you been up to, Ben? Take us all away. I've been collecting junk, cleaning up that junk, Making minimal modifications, a little welding, a little angle grinder here and there, and then painting it with Krylon spray paint because they're my sponsor for this four video series that's involving a complete patio makeover. So we have this kind of outdoor space that we kind of enclose somewhat with the Toja grid thing. And now I'm kind of furnishing it. We're not going to be at this house too much longer because we're working on the the new house build, which which should get started later this year. Make a range 2.0. Yeah. So I don't think we're going to be using this area for building. And we're in the middle of summer, so we're going to start using it for some summer entertaining. So So what have you found? You went around Jesse's property and she's got her cabin used to be a hoarder cabin. So it has everything under the sun. So much junk. Most of it is things you don't want, but do you find some gold? Was there any treasure? I've gotten eight different old car rims, which I think I talked about before. And I turned those into a fire pit, which came out really cool. And then I painted it with the high temperature paint. I got a satellite dish, which I think is going to be the most visually interesting piece. It's a six. I remember foot this diameter. now. I think we talked about yeah. this on the podcast. This is what convinced you to get it because we yeah. were really on you about getting it. So six foot diameter satellite dish, which I'm converting into a hanging bed. But awesome. It looked like they used this satellite dish for a bonfire and it's perforated aluminum. So part of it was melted out. So now I'm like cutting plate steel and reinforcing it to make it stronger. And also, I don't think even. If it wasn't perfect condition, I don't think it would be quite strong enough for like two or three people in in this swing. So it's sort of a clever, it's a very, it's like a Jimmy DeResta meets Tim Sway kind of project. It's like you're kind of just running and gunning the way Jimmy does, just sort of figuring it out and just adding parts to make it work. And it's very reclaimed like the way uh, Tim Sway has always done. So that'll probably be the most interesting piece. I've recycled old hoods of grills into giant planters, been refurbishing a lot of old projects and kind of just painting everything up and taking all this junk and staging it into a, what hopefully will be a pretty nice, like outdoor looking setup. So I think our next fight knife will uh, have be a little fancier, Mike. 
Boom. I like to hear that. So I got to ask, since, you know, none of this stuff is ever sponsored. We're just talking candid. How's the color palette with Krylon? Because every time you're picking, you know, preset colors when you're in the spray paint section. So what they told me is that this new line that they're launching, the Krylon 5X, is that it's the most versatile spray paint. And it does particularly well on synthetic materials and plastics. So I really tested that out on a lot of sort of plastic furniture that I kind of brightened up the color. It seems to adhere well. I've used like Rust-Oleum before. The color palettes, I would say, are pretty similar. Rust-Oleum has a lot better colors in their 2X and Krylon has a 5X, which obviously is significantly better because 2X right. versus 5X, you know, you want more Xs. <laughs> um, so It's simple. It's just math. Right. And I think here's the thing that's tricky is that when I go to the Rust-Oleum aisle in Home Depot, they have the protective enamel, which you're supposed to use on metal, and then the 2X, which you can use just on everything, but they prefer you use the protective enamel on metal. Krylon is saying that their 5X just works great on everything. So I'm always like, who knows? You know, like you're about to maybe find it out. Does, maybe it doesn't. They seem pretty excited about that and really want me to push it. So, but yeah, so nice. far, so good. I've tried it on metal, I've tried it on wood i've tried it on aluminum plastic pretty much everything in between so the paint though that i do think is a really interesting one is the high temperature spray paints so you can use them to paint a grill it goes on so thin that you can like really see all the detail it doesn't really smooth things over so if you spray it on i mean i oversprayed a little bit on wood it didn't mess with the grain at all. It was like the thinnest kind of silver coating. Hmm. So I think it'd be really interesting for like painting tools or something like that where you didn't want to add thickness and you just wanted a real thin coat that adheres nicely just to kind of make them all consistent. So I'm actually going to see if they have a matte black version of it. And I think it'd be a really good spray paint for like murdering out your tools. Nice. Yeah. Because whenever I've seen spray painted tools, it just looks a little gunky and then it scrapes off on the buttons because it adds a little too much thickness like the way like a latex paint does. Mm -hmm. So I would try the high temperature paint, even though it's probably geared for adhering to metal. It just – and this is with all the brands I've used. Something about the the high temperature spray paints, they go on real, real thin. Nice. Cool. Well, I, w- I was curious on your Krylon opinions. I had a bathroom renovation that was sponsored by Walmart, so I used all Krylon paint. And I got to say, it worked out really well. I spray painted uh, shower door hardware, which are sliding doors, and none of that paint has chipped or peeled off. It stayed intact really well. So Yeah, and I was a little skeptical of that at first because, you know, sli- like anything where you're spray painting hardware can be a little mm-hmm. dicey. No, when I stopped by, it looked like everything was still new and fresh. Super fresh. Yeah, it's really funny how just adding a little plastic like bushing in between the doors is all it takes to keep things from bumping and rubbing like the the actual mechanics are so simple and the the actual components are the cheapest material you can think of. But it's just a little bit of design goes a long way. But Chris, what are you up to, my man? What have you been building? So I just started in on a project late last week. It's Monday that we're recording this. I'm a couple days into it. And I think it'll be good news for everybody listening to this podcast because hopefully, no, but hopefully by the end of it, (laughs) my audio should be a lot better for the podcasts. 
So, Ooh, um, a little acoustical yes. paneling? Not specifically, but that will probably oh. be a part of it. So basically, remember last year, our oldest kid, who was a second grader, he was like doing school here two days a week when my wife comes in and helps out with the business and everything. And so now that it's summertime officially, I can get rid of the whole like makeshift school setup that we had in part of the office. And nice. we also, one of my my good friends is kind of working with us. Like he's kind of working adjacent to us, I guess I would say, but he's here every day and helping us film some stuff and, and, and helping out. So we're creating an office space for him as well here. So we're basically going to remodel the whole office area here, try to do like a really big shared table for four people where we can all have everything like organized like startup table. Kind of. Yeah. Kind of like a, a small business startup type deal. And we're going to try to do it in a way that's a lot more friendly for filming at because, you know, we tend to goof around a lot while we're just sitting at our desks. So we figured, well, we might as well film some of this. So hopefully have it set up so that it's good for working, good for filming. And if it's going to be good for filming, it has to be good audio wise. So by just getting more stuff in here, doing some acoustic panels, maybe throwing a couple carpets on the ground, you know, nothing crazy, but... Right now, I'm basically in a concrete floor with empty walls. So it's, you know, as the people can attest to listening right now, it's pretty re- reverby. Reverby. Yeah, reverby. everyone believes reverby. you. Reverby. Everyone reverby. believes you're in a very hard, harsh <laughs> room. No, I'm kidding. I'm, I'm in a cement <laughs> But that's mixer. cool. So your project... So your project that you're building is that startup table. It's that kind of workstation. I'm starting in on that. Yeah. So I'm starting off with the desks because then once I get those in here, then we can start using them and like building everything else out around it. So what kind of hook does the project have? Is it the building technique or are you integrating some kind of like charging or organization? What's what's the hook? So we are doing a lot of that for this one. Like it has this huge basically like support spline that runs down the entire center of it where we can also hide all of the electronics and everything to keep things clean, but still have like four computers hooked up to it. Plus, you know, all the little chargers and doodads that we all have in terms of like, there's not really any gimmick stuff. Like we're going to do a couple like goofy little things just to like make it fun for the video. But I would say from a video aspect, it's going to be a lot more um, like hanging out with me while I build something as opposed to like straight up tutorial on how to build this just because it's something that I don't think a lot of people would want to build this particular desk, but like I'll still get all the information in there so that if somebody does, they could, you know, get their own version of it from, from whatever I show in there. So this video is going to be a little bit of a departure. A little bit, It's going to yeah. be a little bit more of a TV show. Yeah, it'll be a little more like loose and hopefully more personality than, than a normal or... I guess personality is not the right word, but more like improvised personality as opposed to like scripted personality. Yeah. The in-betweens, taking advantage of all that, making sure to capture right, it too. Exactly. Cool. That's interesting. I've been thinking about desks, which also made me think about the next sort of challenge that we're doing. And I don't know about you guys, but my desk is normally a mess because it has like a bunch of projects that I'm working on. So like little notes and stuff like yeah. that. It has like invoices that I need to send or pay. It has mail coming in. It has memory cards that need to be backed up. It's got hard drives. It's got desktop computers. My laptop is is next to it. It's got camera equipment and a couple <laughs> beverages, right? Right. So, and then all the various cables that we need in life. I just wish we would stick to like one type of cable, but like I got so many double-ended things that aren't even the fun kind. So like... Uh, <laughs> 
I got so many dongles yeah, across so my many desk. <laughs> so I was trying to think about like how I want to make a desk for myself. Like what should my work desk actually be? And I think I might want to do one with a glass top and a like 30 drawers. But each drawer just holds like one dongle. <laughs> or like one compartment, but it's a glass top so you can see where everything is from the desktop. So you're not like rummaging around and they're like really small drawers. But like all, so like the whole desk would be like three inches thick, but basically all these drawers had to hold like yeah. one memory card, one So I'm picturing sketchbook. like looking at like a library card catalog that's like, instead of being this way, But you can see like through that. the glass, the top is glass, so you can right. see through You're to looking where down everything into is. It instead of out the front of it. Yeah, it's so, like a shadow box. But it's actually something that somebody DM'd me about sort of our next challenge. And they said, how about like a get organized challenge where you build something to like organize a garage or organize a workspace or organize your car or just something that's about sort of like building stuff to store and compartmentalize stuff. Not saying we would do it, but it's I can think of it's an idea. It would it would be more of an application and more of a design thing. Kind of 50-50 on it, but I brought this up to say, keep sending us more suggestions. I love that suggestion because the suggestion made me think about a whole di- different things. So send in your suggestions and let us know what you think the next challenge should be. Yeah, I like that. I like that drawer idea, but it could be one big drawer with a bunch of like dividers. Yeah. yeah, that way, that way, if you have oversized items for whatever the drawer would be, it still fits. I think the key point is that I want the top to be glass so you can see into the drawers before you open the drawers. Yeah. That so- and also just not having drawers where things can stack on top of each other. I mean, aside from like, you can have a drawer of pencils it's like and it's a lot shirt. of pencils. It's like my, my yeah. closet idea. It's like, it should be a really long drawer that you pull out and it's just like all your shirts in a row, but never double stacked. So you're never rummaging around and messing up those nice folds that I never do. <laughs> Mike, what do you got? All right. Me? Oh, man. I am wait, deep. Wait, it, before that, bird saga. What's going on with your birds? <laughs> All right. So the bird saga, it doesn't conclude, but we are definitely in a holding pattern. The birds did not like the house that I built oh, them. I got a lot of people messaging me saying the opening is too big. Apparently, a bird won't move into a house if the entrance to get into it is large enough that, you know, like a, a hawk predator? could come in and just eat their babies. They don't like a gay I don't blame them. Yeah. So I didn't build a very good birdhouse, which means I need to really take some time and make a YouTube video of a birdhouse because I just slapped one together real quick in an hour. Make a whole series yeah. of them, put them in a row and make it like like a Chip and Joanne's kind of like house hunters where you're like, yeah, I can show you. Here's one on the high end. <laughs> like, this is you. House hunters for birds. This is you talking to those dumbass doves and they just like, you film, you do a cutaway where you do this whole spiel. Okay, I really like this one. It's got a great curve appeal. It's got a night tight, yeah. tight like Dory, which I know is really important to you and your family. You know, what do you think? And then you just like cut to the bird and the bird's just like staring at you. <laughs> <laughs> I like this idea so much, man. I, I, man, I want to see that. Okay. Okay. So back to the topic. Yeah, yeah. They did not like my house, but they moved right back to my back porch. I left, I left the birdhouse up there for a couple of days. I threw their old nest in it, but there was no activity. And one day I walk out the back porch and I just have a bird that just goes full spazzo. It's like, ah, and I realize it's built just the nicest nest in the same place that it did before. And I figure since we already did one round of successful babies in that location, 
we'll do a round two <laughs> and in the interim we'll get a birdhouse built so that we can like fix this problem but man i'll tell you what it's funny there's a lot of bird experts i've never gotten mess i think i said this last week i've never gotten messaged more on a random story than on this bird co-parenting situation <laughs> but yeah in the world of building, I am deep in this bedroom renovation, and it's coming out really, really well. I'm doing a lot of things for the first time, so when that happens, obviously, it takes longer than you know you would hope, but progress is moving, but it's just not as quick as I'd like, like I said. I did a whole skim coat on all of the walls, and I'm happy to report it looks fantastic. If anybody has some specialty in this and wants to give me the solution to this problem, I'd appreciate it big time. I wasn't able to get super thick coats of this skim coat. And essentially what it is, is you just water down joint compound, which is what you typically use when you're taping and mudding drywall so that you can roll it on with a paint roller. Initially, I just used a 3 8 inch nap roller, like what you get out of that $8 Home Depot kit. I just opened one of those up and I started rolling it on, but it was this, it was the thinnest coat. The nap of the roller wasn't like cushy enough, so it wasn't picking up enough material. So I did a little Googling, realized that that was the problem, went back to the depot, and I picked up one that was, I think, three quarters of an inch and another one that was something like an inch and a half, maybe an inch and a quarter. I just went right ahead and used the inch and a quarter one, and I realized that was kind of the problem, but still, I wasn't building layers like I was expecting and like I was seeing out of the tutorials I watched before I did it. So if anybody has the solution to my problem or a tip on how to get thick build coats on a skim coat, let me know. I used a three, I'm sorry, an inch and a quarter or an inch and a half foam roller. I'm thinking maybe a cloth roller might be able to do better. If you guys know, let me know. But aside from that, it's coming out so sick. I decided to go no baseboards. Chris, I know we've talked about custom trim. You do that plywood. I know, but the cost of plywood right That's now true. is crazy. And after I removed the baseboard trim that was there, I realized that the gap between the existing concrete floor and the existing drywall was very small. It was only maybe a quarter of an inch on average, where typically I see that vary, you know, from a quarter of an inch up to almost an entire inch because the trim typically covers it. So I, I, I saw that and I thought to myself, I've always wanted to try floor to ceiling skim coat, no trim, just make it look like an art gallery. And so I went for it and it came out looking really awesome. So I don't want to hype myself up. I don't want to talk too much about it, but stay tuned to my Instagram stories. I've been, a, I've been doing a pretty good job of documenting this whole trial process and I appreciate everybody on Instagram that's giving me good advice from doing tests on the concrete epoxy paint before I did that to kind of figure out how much I needed to scrape the floors to the trial and error and all the skim coats and everything else. I've actually been using Instagram as a resource and the people have come through. We talk a lot of crap on comments and we talk a lot of crap about, you know, the unnecessary DMs that are kind of funny that we get sometimes, but people have been coming through in the clutch and helping me out big time. So it's, I got to give them a shout out because it doesn't always seem to be that way. Birds and drywall, Mike's taking advice. That's right. So before we hop into this week's topic, let's go ahead and give a big thanks to the sponsor of today's episode. Saw stop. Saw stop makes up. Awesome table saw. Actually, I make a bunch of awesome table saws. I have the contractor version. Mike is getting the job site version. And Chris, which one do you have? PCS. Safety, precision, awesome tools. Check out SawStop. PCS, professional contractors, cabinet saw. Boom. Professional cabinet saw. 
I know. I know. Yeah, I can't wait to get my uh, sauced up. Now that I got electrical in the shed, now that I know that the Goal Zero runs a job site saw, I'll be able to get one in there and I will report back very soon. All right. So you guys in general don't do a lot of sponsorships just for a product, correct? Correct. Um, I don't know. What do you mean? Like well, all they gave you was a can of paint and you did your Rust-Oleum. Yeah. <laughs> product only, no payment. So I, oh, I see. For just the the tool itself. Yeah, for, for just yeah. product Oh, only. I understand. Okay. I'm like, no, I promote products all the time, Ben. Yeah. What are you talking about? Yeah. <laughs> so my curiosity is at odds with my sense of business acumen. <laughs> so, oh, okay. What are you getting? I'm excited now that I know where this is going. So a tool, not a brand but a tool distributor a retail distributor reached out and said hey we don't i appreciated the honesty we can't pay you but we can give you tools and i'm like well i already got plenty of tool sponsorships the same things that we we're thinking but i looked at their website and they had a four thousand dollar drill what and this drill is it's a battery powered drill that's used for cutting up to six inch diameter cores through concrete and block walls. Wait, can you say the name of it or even if we need to bleep it out or something? I don't know, just but I want to just look. Uh, so the the brand of the drill that they retail is Milwaukee. Okay. So Milwaukee makes fantastic tools. I know this because they're made in the same factory as Ryobi's, which is the best tools in the world. Just kidding. They're great for the price. But <laughs> the I've had really good success with my like $600 Milwaukee hammer drill, which I've used to drill like 12 inch deep, one and a half inch diameter holes in solid concrete. So that drill was $600. Like, I don't really want a $4,000 drill that I'll probably use like not too often, but I'm very curious on what a (sighs) $4,000 drill can do. Is it the MX fuel? Yeah. It's it weighs like a hundred pounds. This guy's yeah, holding it up it, right on the wall. It I was looks, about to say turns <laughs> it looks like a it. laser gun from the future. Yes. Okay, so this is battery powered, which is impressive. How many like what kind of battery does it have though? It's not eighteen it uses or twenty volts. Two of them. It's some special battery. Oh, nice. Very cool. But it's cool. It's got dust collection and everything. So if you're drilling through concrete for something structural, I guess, like if you needed to drill holes through a concrete wall so that you could fit a five inch pipe through it, you would use this. Or even up to six inches. Well diameter. Yeah, I guess so. Yeah. You're right. So wow. I think I I think I'm gonna take it just because I just wanna know what the I want to see, can I drill a hole through a rock that's like, can I make a rock donut? A donut. (laughs) So what in the world are you going to make this video? What is it going to be titled? Where is it going to go? It's not technically sponsored, but it's going to be kind of like a product review. Are you a are you unbox therapy now? Uh, I'm more Wrangle Star, but uh, l- less uh, <laughs> less red pill. Uh, <laughs> I was about to say, don't use the Wrangler Star comparison, man. Yeah, I mean, talk about like yeah, OGs of the of the YouTube space. But I think I don't know. I guess I like I'll just follow my curiosity, like. It doesn't really make sense to use this for a project. I think we might be able to use it for some demolition for Brett's house because he actually has like a concrete slab that has a bunch of like pipes coming out of it. And we could like actually use the core drill 
to cut the pipes off and then drill them out and then remove them and then patch the concrete because he just has these like random pipes coming out of the slab. So there's some practical applications, but I've never really done just like a tool testing YouTube video, but I kind you can of definitely break into a safe with one this where it's like, what can you do with a $4,000 Milwaukee drill? And I am really interested in this idea of diminishing returns. Like I have a $600 Milwaukee hammer drill. Where is the extra $3,400 of value or going? Or is it something where it's so specific to people that are doing like yeah. plumbing and electrical in like concrete jobs? So they're constantly, they're drilling 10 holes a day through 12 inches of concrete. So a tool that does it 50% faster is worth $3,000 easily. So I'm kind of leaning towards yes, but my counter offer is that they have to throw in one of those mega concrete saws. You know, like the ones that's like two hands yeah. that would be awesome in a zombie apocalypse. Oh, yeah. So I fingers crossed. It's like it's they're just providing the tools and I don't really have a project for it. So it'd be kind of like weird tool review. But Mike, I think this might be a chance for us to start our safe cracking video series that we've talked about a lot. Yeah, I was trying to interrupt you a second ago <laughs> as, cl- as in classic Mike fashion. I'm like, yeah, you could break into a safe with that for sure. Yeah. <laughs> well, the metal that was the layer first thing I thought of might yeah. be tr- tough, but so I think I'm gonna. Yeah. I, well, okay. Tell me if tell me if this is wrong. Not to be too on Milwaukee here, but you know they make the whole dozer whole saws. That literally drill through almost anything, it seems like. Yeah. So I feel like you could drill through the plate steel outside with that, switch to one of these crazy bits that this saw has, which, Chris, you found the name of it. Can you say it again in case people want to Google it so they can see what we're seeing? Yeah, hang on. I, I lost it. It was the... Uh, mil- it's the MX Fuel. Yeah, MX Fuel. Okay, got it. But anyways, yeah, we should definitely break into a safe with this, but we got to come up with a cool, a few cool things. If nothing else, we just need to pour a gigantic concrete slab that's useless for side-by-side testing. Well, I definitely want to try to make a rock donut. Like I want to try to drill through some rocks. Yeah. Because then you could put them on like a pipe and you could make like a rock necklace. I don't know. So you could do something with it. Also, whenever you have a hole saw, the negative, you'll have like these rock Ooh, columns. These you'll have cross sections. Yeah. These these rock cylinders. So, yeah, if, if anyone's ever used something of this caliber, like hit me up with any sort of tips or tricks or, or just like cool things you could do with it. I'm like, on one hand, I feel a little bit wasteful because I'm going to get this awesome drill that I'm sure a lot of tradespeople could really use. And I'll probably use it like two times a year. But I'm also going to be doing more construction projects. So it actually might come in handy. So, yeah, I'm kind of excited. Like, I'm just curious. Like, that that $600. Have you ever tried that that big Milwaukee hammer drill that I have, Mike? Yeah, it's the one that we were using to drill the corner anchors for the shipping containers into the concrete yeah. slab. It's it's such an amazing piece of machinery. And, yeah, again... It's like the if the six hundred dollar version is good from that brand, right. what the hell did they put into the four thousand dollar version? So, so it looks like MX Fuel is the name of that like battery system. The actual drill itself is the MXF three hundred one two CP, and those batteries are like five hundred dollars each. And so the yeah. four thousand dollar kit comes with two batteries. 
Looks like if you they just call, oh. if you just want to go all a cart, you can get this so thing it's for like two ninety nine. Three thousand dollar drill, and thousand dollars of batteries. Right. So now I got to get some. If I get those two batteries, it looks like it uses two of them at a time. Maybe I don't know. Yeah. So, anyways, wild stuff. Stay tuned. It's also a great episode title: four thousand dollar drill. Worth yeah. it. <laughs> <laughs> Maybe. Okay, okay. What would be like the lamest thing to do with it? Just like. Well, like, you what would be the that, most I mean, it would over, be, like, like, like I actually it'd be interesting to see what's for like a screw for a finished screw. Yeah, you should see like even if it's like through a series of adapters, what's the smallest bit you can get in there? Like an to, eighth inch pilot hole for some yeah, screws. Yeah, just like <laughs> very fine little tiny work. Right. I think it weighs like, yeah, like 100 pounds. That's what the shipping weight of the kit is. Yeah, it's big. So like putting, yeah, like a little eighth inch thing. And you have to put a bunch of like downsizing chucks into it to kind of right. get it to the point where it can even hold the right drill bit. Yeah. But if you got any ideas of what you can drill with a $4,000 drill, let me know. But Oh, last week we talked about the electric Honda Ridge line. Oh, oh yes. I want to just say we were ahead of the curve because this thing is starting to blow up really? and they've done a second round of like concept releases. I don't oh, know who's wow. releasing these or if they're leaks, but uh -oh. the same website, Yanko Design, mm -hmm. y'all Google this up. Check it out. They did a, I guess, an updated concept rendering of what it looks like. Is it this white and it was one? a couple of the things that we were talking about. I think they did soften a couple of the edges, but it still looks very heavy duty. This article came out on June 10th. The original one came out on June 3rd. So I'm looking at these like white pictures and this one looks like it's like straight up like on Mars or something. Exactly. Yeah. So this updated concept, the original ones that we saw were the green model and this yeah. white one is still really similar, but it shows a bunch of really cool features. And if anybody's interested, I don't know. I just want to plug it one more time because I think uh, we did a good job. We're, we're ahead of the curve here. <laughs> Breaking did you, did you, news. We got some more truck talk. Can we keep going on truck talk? Yeah. Yeah. Okay, because we were talking about it, man. Toyota's upside, what have they always done? Kind of the mid-sized truck right, you yeah. know? That's why they're all over LA, but you don't really see them in the middle of the country so much. Is like when they're when you need something really, like, that's a little more compact, they you don't crush see, like, it. You don't see like the tundras and stuff in the in the rest yeah, of the you country. Definitely as much? See, you definitely see them, but you know, at the end of the day, like a Ford F-150 is the right. most common truck yeah. or car on the road, right? So it's just super common. But I hear but in LA, like Tacomas are everywhere. Yeah. They're a surface. But anyways, truck. Ford is coming out with a new line. They're calling it a Maverick. Oh yeah, the like which, actual little one. Which is like their new little one. I think they're getting rid of the Ford Ranger, but they're mm -hmm. coming out with this Maverick, which is pretty dang small for a truck, but is a hybrid and lists starting at nineteen nine. Right. So I don't it's think under twenty grand. Forty miles not, per gallon. Not getting yeah. rid of the Ranger, but it's actual so like, you know, there were in the eighties all of like the Toyotas and all those kind of and, and a Ford Ranger, they would have been a lot smaller. And then they've kind of like gradually gotten bigger and bigger. So now yeah. really like a Ranger or something's like the size of a Tacoma. It's more like a mid-sized truck. So they wanted to come back into the market with something that's actually small. So that's yeah. what it is. And it's a, um, it would be more like the Ridgeline where it's not a traditional truck frame. I, th I think it's based off of the Bronco, like the, the new Bronco that they just came out with. But it actually is... Kind of cool. Like, it's a little weird looking when I was looking at the pictures, but it had this one fucking feature. Ugly. <laughs> it's it a little looks, soft. It looks H Honda's killing Like, Honda Ridgeline, if that's who Ford <laughs> is competing with, Honda's definitely winning, right? The, oh, the... 
well, it's not it's not fair because we're comparing a concept car to like a, a production. production vehicle. Oh right? no, I'm sorry. I'm talking about a gas Honda Ridgeline versus yeah, yeah. the Ford. It, that's that's Maverick. what it looks like. Like the the Maverick looks like the Prius of Ford trucks. You know what it is? It's little and they tried, which is like they tried to do this with all trucks and they did it with the update that they did to like the Ridgeline like I have is they try to make the fronts too big and tough looking. It's like men like strong looking tough things. And so it looks too like big at the front and the proportions look a little bit off on the Maverick. There was one feature that I saw that was really cool that it has. And this is like so simple. I'm surprised people haven't done this before is they put it where, you know how like, so if you open the tailgate, there'll be a couple cables on either side that'll kind of like hold it from being able to extend past flat. So they have these other ones that hold it up at a slight angle so that the highest point on it is exactly as high as the wheel wells in the truck bed. So you could put like a, so basically you have like a big platform to put like a sheet of plywood or something on. So you have like those three points of contact. The little design goes a long way. The game callback, the game changer for electric trucks will be when they, they don't have to have the hood in the front when they just put the windshield right even with the front bumper, like those Mitsubishi like a flat face cargo truck. Cause then you're getting for the same wheel length or, or distance between the wheels, you're getting way more bed. Like get rid of the hood, get rid of the front, especially for electric. Cause you don't need it. Cause all the electrical systems are all like, it's basically like, it seems like a lot of electrical cars and trucks. It's basically like, it's very modular. You can put mm-hmm. all the batteries and the drivetrain all into this kind of like flat chassis with four wheels, and then you can just build whatever you want on top of it very yeah, flexibly because like you don't have an engine. Yeah. So if that's true for trucks in particular where bed length is really important, but you don't want to also be driving like a 30-foot-long vehicle, like pushing the windshield all the way even to the front bumper like a bus, but then maximizing the bed behind it. So you can even have a cab and – like an eight foot bed on a, yeah. on a pretty short truck that from a functional standpoint, I mean, you have to figure out the design to make it look, I think those Mitsubishi trucks, Mike, you and I really like them, but they're kind of like, they're like a acquired taste. They're like, they're funky. novelty cool. They're funky yeah, they're cool. Novelty cool. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. There's those, there's Toyota ones also. I can't think of the name, but there's yeah. a, an eighties van Toyota that looks the same. They're sweet. Yeah, but what you see usually pig. is you see those tiny mini trucks or it's enough where it's either got a 10 foot or a 12 foot bed. But you could imagine a small size truck that's in that form factor and it could it could look really awesome. I don't know about the the crash test safety ready ratings, though. So this wouldn't quite I'm going to say a- that again, actually. Crash test safety ratings. Holy cow. Leave it in. And Sorry, Mike's Richard, you don't have to edit it. Safety. If there's one thing that you've come to expect <laughs> from the modern build style and <laughs> just general sort of activity. Yeah. It's a strict gonna, adherence to safety. I'm going to throw a link in the chat real quick. So there's this EV called a canoe that's kind oh, of a concept yeah. car. Have you that. seen that? I okay, yeah. dig this. Yeah, this check like, this out, Mike. It's ki- it kind of. I'm pulling it up now. Yeah. It's, it kind of is th- what you're talking about. I think this about. is super. Do- uh, Wobie, our good buddy Ben Paik, is the first person oh, to kind I've of show this. this to me. I've seen this. Yep. It's super dope. Like, I like the way it looks. I think this is like the future of like the van life kind of things and like a yeah. food truck or like a painter's van. Yeah, but it's like a future like Volkswagen van. It I, looks think it, <laughs> I dig it. I think it's like super cool. And like, I love this that they have like a suicide door option too. 
Yeah, and one more time, it's C-A-N-O-O, Canoe yes. Electric Pickups. But yeah, they've got vans, they've got pickups. They're really awesome. I see them, or whenever I got introduced to them, I think it was Jay Leno's Garage or one of those shows. Yeah. And he was pretty unimpressed by it. But <laughs> the model that they had was like what they're using to introduce this like ride-sharing idea where oh, okay. it's like, this is going to be the new Uber. Everyone's just going to have these it's around. like a living room on wheels or something. Yeah, so I don't think he was like buying that pitch so much, but the actual vehicle the one that they're doing for a truck looks pretty cool the one that they're doing that's a little more bubbly that looks like the suv it could be a little more tough but i like the truck a lot yeah the truck is dope i really did good truck all right so i want to get a thumbs up chris thumbs up or thumbs down on the 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 ford maverick thumbs down <sighs> thumbs i down give it for a thumbs ford. up thumbs down on the aesthetic but thumbs yeah. up for like Price a new marketplace and, and yeah Notice the per if you're it's the perfect painter truck. And that's what Toyota Toyota used to make a non-raised, non-four-wheel drive long bed. And they called it like the, the painter's truck because it could hold a ladder. It had like a super long eight-foot bed. And yeah. it was like a very serviceable stripped-down truck, no extended cab. And you would see them a ton in cities for tradespeople. I think that that's the vibe they're going for. Like it's a very functional, like yeah, un-trucky vibe. But hybrid just feels like this weird space. But 40 miles per gallon, like if you do commute for work and stuff like that, like hell yeah. So I think we'll see this as like – I think this might be a fleet truck, like a truck they create for people that are really crunching the numbers and then they go out and buy like – so if you're a plumbing company and you own like 50 trucks and you're paying for gas for all your employees, you know, and you're like, okay, time to upgrade – and you're looking at like what gas prices are right now here in California, $4 a gallon. Oh, wait, 40 miles per gallon? Hell yeah. This is a good investment. Low price point, new vehicles. Let's go. Yeah, I think it's nice that it's um, like reestablishing a market that used to be pretty prevalent that kind of went away, which is the cheap truck. Like it had gotten down to the, it had gotten to the point where like you couldn't get a truck for less than $30,000. Like a Tacoma yeah. is 30,000 bucks if you're lucky, unless you yeah. get like the one that they offer. That's like the white one with all the black plastic all over They're Like you probably can't even find unless you have to special order it or something. So I think it's good from that point of view that they're like tapping back into a market. Question for Chris. So Yo. Mike and I like trucks. Not just because we build stuff, but we're also just kind of like guys that like trucks. Mm -hmm. Chris, you don't strike me as a truck guy. Like, if you didn't do what you were doing for a living, like, like is the because the ridge line is to me no offense. It seems like the least truck truck. It is the so I think that the ridge line is the least truck truck. I also think it's probably honestly for like ninety five percent of people, it's probably the best truck that they could get in terms of like fitting their lifestyle. It drives like super comfortably. It, it drives like a Honda pilot or something. It's the bed is pretty big. So like, you know, 98% of whatever people would need out of a truck, it's going to be able to handle. Great numbers guy, Chris. That's right. (laughs) 98. That's my, my magic number. So I, yeah, I'm not like a big truck for a car seat. Uh, yeah, I mean, I'm sure like a bigger like a family Ford is probably, truck. yeah, 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 yeah. Like honestly, like most people that I see driving around here tend to be an older dude than me. Maybe you know, basically like my dad or somebody. Actually, my parents borrowed it yesterday, and when they came back, I said, "Hey, you guys looked very age appropriate driving off in that." 
So that seems very to age be, appropriate. <laughs> that was a very age appropriate truck you you people are driving. <laughs> yeah, I mean, I'm not a truck guy. Like, I'm more of a car guy for sure. But I think the Ridgeline's cool. Like, I think it's like a perfect fit. And and I mean, that new one. Yeah, that's, in ten years. Th- that's why maybe. I was so excited when I saw the new one. I was just like, it's my vindication. If I like, Chris got this one, it would just be like everyone would be like, whoa. <laughs> Yeah, it's Who's a new me. I'm going to go to like the my 30-year high school reunion. Bad step Boys out of that for thing. Life just playing in the background. <laughs> Chris like slow-mo walking up to it. Nice. Uh, That's where it's at. All right. I'm All right. giving the Maverick a thumbs up. I'm giving it a big thumbs up, actually. I think it's going to be a game changer because Ford has not been competing with Toyota and Honda in any of these trucks. Like it's the F-150 or bigger, you know, like what you're saying, Chris. Like the Ranger's just not that popular. And it's also not that small. And I think you're going to get a lot of people that are not truck people, like what we're describing, rather than contractors getting this. Because I think the thing that keeps people buying midsize SUVs is the fuel mileage, because otherwise you would just get a car, but you want some storage, you want some cargo space. So you get a decent sized SUV, something that gets you good mileage. This does all of that. And it fits the form factor for a city. So Ford is my new hot stock tip. I wish I shouted it out sooner, but right before, like I, I found out they were doing the official Bronco relaunch whenever they were doing that. So I put a little bit of money in back then and it's doing fantastic. And when Mike says stock tip, he doesn't mean that as official financial advice because FCC I don't know what rules. I'm doing. Right. Yes. So it's just his own. It's for entertainment he's purposes only. But yeah, sure. Yeah, we don't need to overqualify it. Right. Yeah, don't take advice from me. Don't take betting advice from me either. I've I've steered people yeah. poorly on that. But my stock tips have been pretty hot and Ford is doing great and I think they're going to crush it. They've got the they're going to have the coolest SUV which is the Bronco and I think they're going to have the coolest new truck which is going to be this Maverick. Well, the the Bronco's really interesting cuz that's what the new Ridgeline is really reminding me of. It's reminding me much more of a Bronco than a truck. In spirit, yeah, like the whole spirit of it being like the the back seat is very negotiable, right. you know. So tell me if you agree with this sort of breakdown or what you would add to sort of embellish upon it. I've always thought that like Ford and Chevy and to a lesser degree Dodge are sort of competing for the construction industry kind of folks, people that yeah, work if- with their hands and all that kind of stuff, and then that trickles into sort of a lifestyle market the same way like Carhartt does, right? People wear Carhartt that don't actually work with their hands because they kind of like the authenticity of its brand association with sort of blue collar labor. Now, I've always thought that Toyota was really good at and maybe this this might be my California bias. It was always like the surfer truck, the camping, the outdoors, the kind of like amateur people that like to like the the forerunner was like one of the first SUVs that was like kind of cool. You put your surfboards in it or you take it camping. And then they got really into the overland kind of like Jeep market where it's like, how steep can we go? Let's like raise them up. But they're not to be monster truck. They're supposed to be like these kind of like all terrain kind of exploratory vehicles. So they really own that kind of like outdoorsy kind of market. Ridgeline was kind of like in Nissan were like the dad trucks, like the weekend warrior kind of like got to put the car seat in there, take the kids to soccer practice, but still do an occasional sort of Home Depot run on the weekends. Yeah, I always saw it. So like if you go back to like the 80s and you and you look at like, so just say like the Japanese import cars, 
like Toyota and Nissan and, and Mazda, like they were all making those same kind of cars, even Mitsubishi. And then Honda was always like a little bit different. And I think Toyota just became like the one that stuck out because they just made the best ones that like lasted the longest, kept the highest resell and all that stuff. So they were just like the top of whatever each of those kind of tiers was. And then I don't know, like, yeah, I'm, or, I don't know because I'm not around people enough, but like, yeah, if you went to... Mike, if you went and talked to your friends in Oklahoma, would they be like, a Toyota sucks? Or would you see a lot of Toyotas driving around there? The big difference is just the class of truck people are buying. So now, you know, an F-150 is the most common truck anywhere. Right. The difference is in California, the split is F-150 and smaller. In Oklahoma and Texas, the middle of the country is F-150 and bigger. You don't see trucks that are smaller. <laughs> so that's the, the small because size Because people don't really F-150. go camping. Like they go fishing, so they need to pull a boat, you know? Or it's like everything is about like if you can haul things behind it. Because people have tractors. They go mm-hmm. like, you know, RV camping rather than like overland camping. Yeah. Yeah. Makes sense. But yeah, man. Yeah. Okay. Let's, let's wrap this up. The American Ford. I'm sorry. The American truck competition Ford's winning hugely why why do you and I I don't have a particular I'm always curious like on how these preferences like what made you a Ford guy as opposed to a Chevy guy oh I just think they look cooler like in every era except for like maybe like 85 through mid 90s yeah but the the mid 90s the Chevys had that real square body and like real minimalistic and clean but after that like I felt like the Fords were cooler all right, so let's close this out, right? There's there's a competition between all of the American auto manufacturers. We're getting Nissan and Toyota. We're getting them all out of there. If there's one to bet on currently in 2021, 2022, I think it's Ford. I think Dodge does great on sports cars. They do good on trucks, but they're never going to sell the volume that Ford does. And so if it's more of a straight-up competition between Ford and Chevy, Ford made the, the Bronco. Chevy's trying to reintroduce the Blazer. The Bronco wins big time. And then F-150s have always outsold 1500s. And I don't see Chevy introducing new line, new products to their lineup, you know? Right. Well, so, and the other thing we haven't even touched on, but like, have you guys been following the Ford F-150 Lightning? Yeah. I have. I like it. Yeah. Yeah. It's really nice. And so they, I mean, it does from the little that I follow the truck segment, Ford seems like they're more willing to embrace new yeah. What's next? It's funny. I think, sh- I think that there's this like reckoning where everyone's like, we got to go electric. We've got to do the transitionary thing. Yes. In Ford this year, they're going all in. They're going really aggressive with it. So yeah. The Mustang I and think, the F-150. Yeah. Like the two most iconic things in their lineup. It's it was beautiful. funny. All right. like, I, I was on a panel discussion at like Harvard with like the head of design for <laughs> Ford like five years ago and he's like yeah I just don't think like electric vehicle cars are really cars and it's like oh okay. I remember yeah you've told me yeah, that yeah. <laughs> like, all right, buddy. and like all yeah, there's just something about it it was such a thing where the expert was so obviously wrong and like all the young people in the audience were just like so obviously right it was just like this inevitable thing it's like I just don't really think social media is really going to stick around for very long. It's really going to be about like broadcast networks. Yeah. Yeah. I'll tell you when this whole internet fad dies down. I know. We're <laughs> <laughs> All right. What have you guys been watching? 
Ooh. Yeah, obsessions. Chris, you got anything new? Oh, I got no, one. L- let me think. Let me think. Let me go while right. Chris is thinking. I'm going to give a shout out to one of our crew, Rachel Metz. She's Boom. been like doing a lot of renovation stuff on the sort of periphery of her house in Joshua Tree. And she did something that I've wanted to see done for a long time. She poured a topping self-leveling concrete coat over concrete floors. So what's really exciting right now is that like Mike is approaching his concrete floors one way, which is the most DIY friendly way, which is more of like a paint type thing. And she's actually pouring like a one inch thick layer. She's had some ups and downs, had to sort of redo some stuff. So check out her Instagram and check out her YouTube DIYing with Rachel Metz and see some cool stuff. Nice. Chris, what you got, my man? I'll say, so I think there's two kinds of basketball fans. There's people who like their team and then like basketball. And there's people who like basketball and then like their team. I think I'm the latter. So even though my Lakers are out of the playoffs, I'm still watching playoff basketball. Have you guys still been following? Yes. It's what this is like the craziest postseason ever. Like it's, I mean, if you just look at the teams that are left in contention, like none of them have won. In the past, like I think the Bucks won the years. most recently, fifty oh, years someone's ago. Someone's to Bill Simmons. <laughs> yeah, yeah, but I mean, hey. I knew that without him telling me that. Yeah, I, I probably would not <laughs> have known that they won fifty years ago. I would have said like, I don't know, maybe when Kareem was there or something. But yeah, yeah, it's it's been bananas. Like, well, I mean, Brooklyn was seemed like such like the obvious clear cut favorite so recently, but then a couple injuries. Look. You try to go all vegan, next thing you know, you're super brittle and rolling your ankles barely uh, like a slight breeze. So, <laughs> yeah, I'm kind of hype on it. Like, I, I feel like it's going to be Clippers and Bucks, but uh, I'm kind of hoping it's Phoenix just because I saw. Do you see that viral clip of that Suns fan just beating down two fans from another team? And then in the middle of the fight, he's like, he's just hockey beating this dude. What? And he's like holding his shirt in one hand, just like pounding on him. And he just like holds yeah. up his four fingers and goes, sons in four, in like the middle of like a fight. Mike, sons in four. On, on, yeah. yeah. It's like Devin Booker shouted this kid out because he just mauled these other two guys that tried to like cheap shot him. So oh, I'm watching it right now. That's it kind of made funny. for the sons. That's but, like a gotcha hat moment. Yeah. <laughs> he Chris, got a one liner in in the middle of punching. Of the final four teams, who you got? I kind of just just to uh, stir the pot. I kind of want to see it be the Suns and the Hawks, so it can be like the yeah. least expected finals that there the ever Hawks was. Would be wild. <laughs> yes, that would be the craziest team that could possibly win of any team left. But yeah, I kind of think it'll probably end up being. I mean, I don't know. I still think it'll probably end up being the Clippers and the Bucks. I'm kind of rooting for the Bucks. Like, I don't like the Clippers. I think they're boring, yeah. and I like. I think Giannis is like kind of like an interesting person. Like the like he just seems like a really sweet guy and he's really good. Yeah. And it seems like he had, they have like a terrible GM for surrounding them, so I'm kind of just rooting for him to to get one. Yeah. Nice. All right, I'm going to shout out uh Bourbon Moth Woodworking. Oh, he's yeah. in the community. We see him around. Met him at WorkbenchCon. Excellent woodworker. Homeboy just made a project for uh what's his name? Neil, Neil Patrick, Patrick Harris. Harris. Neil Patrick Harris. 
So shouts out, which we all knew that Homeboy was following a lot of us and that he was interested in the whole like woodworking sphere. But it's cool to see somebody like do that collab. So big shouts out. Um, and if you haven't seen his channel before, do it. He's got a great ton of great content. I was introduced to him through his Concrete Counters video that was very thorough and I'm gonna be sort of replicating quite a bit of that. So check that out if you haven't. And aside from that, if you got any topic suggestions, any questions you think we should answer or just things we should know about, like, like all these trucks, let us know. You can find us on Instagram, DM us. Chris is at Four Eyes Furniture. Ben is at Benjamin Ueda. And I am at Modern Builds. Thanks again for listening every week. We appreciate it big time. And we will see you next week. Bye, everybody. Later. Bye. Chris, are you going to get one of these ridge lines, though, you think?